Hello and welcome to episode one of I Like Movies. Unfortunately, we recorded this episode on an old soundboard, so the sound quality isn't as great as we are actually anticipating. Um, don't worry though, on episode two and three, it gets a lot better, so uh, continue listening, please. Give us a chance. And uh, yeah, enjoy. This is I Like Movies. Can you cook? Do you have what it takes to single-handedly take down 30-odd terrorists on a battleship? Do you have the stomach to see Gary Busey in drag? Then maybe you should join the US Navy SEALs. But if not, you can always watch Under Siege with us this week on I Like Movies. I love movies. Welcome, good tidings and good evenings, internet, to episode one of I Like Movies. My name is Andy McLean. I'm hosting this week. Joining me, as you will find they will always be, are my co-hosts, Mr. Stephen Pye. Good evening. I like movies. And Mr. Richard Marsh. I like movies? <laughs> how are we? <laughs> a bit of variety for you. Yeah. Yeah. How, are we, how are we feeling this evening? I'm feeling uh, good. I'm... I'm riding a high. Yeah, I'm excited. We've been we've been building up to this point. Maybe that's why we were discussing maybe uh, earlier on about when we were going to record this episode because mm. we were planned for tonight. And I was like, "You've I'm so focused on this." <laughs> this. I'm like, "That's we're tonight is the night we're recording it. We're doing it. I am here." First official episode. It this is. is. This is the first official episode. Brand new format. Brand new name. Same old cast. Same old tired jokes. Ah. <laughs> uh, as this is the first episode, uh, and we're still sort of working out the way this is going to work, it, it might be a bit rough, there might be a little bit of dead air, yeah. it might not be as polished as you will find episode 10 will be in three months' time. Yeah. We'll see. But <laughs> we will struggle through. We have picked an absolute peach of a first we film We really week. have. Um, I, I was, you know, when we were doing this and we were picking the films... The, there was, you know, there was some random films coming out, and I was like, oh, I wonder, you know, is how much are you going to be able to say about these films? But actually, when you look <laughs> through it, there are some classics that there we've are. managed to pick out, and mm. today is 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 very much that. This is the most quintessential action film, yeah, from the early '90s. I think you can possibly find. Yeah, yeah. For me, I enjoyed it as well because of the fact that um, I've never seen this film. <laughs> which I, I don't think. I'd had you seen this before, yes. Steve? Okay, yeah. I'd never no, seen I'd this never film seen either. As, as like a um, proper classic, mm. of, uh, like an action, late 80s, early 90s action film. This is mm. like well up there. Yeah. So I was surprised that I've never seen it. But, um, but now yeah. I have. You yeah. have. And do you feel fulfilled? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get the feeling, just from, from scuttlebutt off mic between the three of us, that this might be a Goldilocks film. Yeah. Maybe. I've got a feeling I really enjoyed this film. I think Steve kind of thought it was okay. No, and I, I think Rich didn't care for this film I, very much. I had a, a very... Like most of the films I picked, I picked them for specific reasons. And mostly because they have a special place in my heart. Mm. Either good or bad. Mm. And this one's one of those that... I thought this one cri- maybe you'd pick because it had two special places in your heart. <laughs> maybe two two very perky special places <laughs> in your heart. I forgot about the boobs. God, that was a nice surprise, that one. <laughs> We're going straight for the boobs, isn't it? <laughs> Episode one. Boobs. <laughs> boobs, um, out of ten. <laughs> no, I could do that as a rating. Um, no, I, I like this film. I, I 
I, I don't know. I enjoyed it again <laughs> on the second on this next watch round. Is it only the second time you've watched it then? No, no, sorry. I've, I said second, but I've probably seen it about six times. Oh, okay. When, how long do you think it's been since you last saw it? About... F- Ooh, how long have I been with Lizzie? I've not seen it since I've been with Lizzie. So probably about seven, eight years. So probably good oh, enough BL for it to be rather than first. AL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before Lizzie. Before Liz- yeah, rather BL, than after yeah. Lizzie, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, probably eight or nine years. So quite a while ago. Hmm. Um, but yeah, enjoyable. Did you rem- Did it all come back uh, as you were watching it? all came flowing back as soon as I saw Gary Busey I hit the screen. <laughs> oh, poor choice of words. <laughs> 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 no, that was um. I feel like that actually. What's the name that hit the screen? What? <laughs> what? I feel like watching this, watching Gary Busey through this film is like watching him through his whole life. Yeah. They just compact it into an hour and forty minutes, really, don't they? I I'm like him just starting off kind of mm. a bit weird, yeah. then going full on mental. <laughs> I've got I've got stuff for we'll do the intro bit and then we'll come on to it. But yeah, Andy. I um, I was just gonna say it took me a while to realize, work out it was Gary Busey because I didn't recall what he looked like pre car accident. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought for uh, at least the opening thirty minutes it was Adam Baldwin. <laughs> really? You remember from Firefly yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. um yeah it, he looked I don't uh, know if they've got a similar really? shaped face or. Which was Adam. No. He's the yeah. Baldwin brother that isn't a Baldwin brother. No, he doesn't Jane. look anything like him. He doesn't look anything like him. Do you not think? No. no. Oh, okay. I Just think he looks. He looks like hair for a start. He looks like. Um, yeah, but this would have been in the nineties. Okay, I don't know what Adam Baldwin looked like in the mid nineties. He's ever had hair, has he? I mean, he must have well, at in, one point. He's in, Surely, um, no one's born bald. Yeah, because he, no, he's in. Um, he doesn't look. No, because he's in Full Metal Jacket. Adam Baldwin. Right. Is it Adam Baldwin? Is that his name? I think Adam, Adam Baldwin is in Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, because he's not related to the Baldwins, though, is he? No, no, no. That's right. Um, yeah, he's in. Fo- he doesn't look anything like oh, Gary Busey. Baldwins are I think Gary's there's um, Nick Nolte is an actor yeah, who I think like looks him. like Gary Busey. Yeah. That's not who I, 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 I could understand like if you'd Adam got Baldwin. confused between those two. Gary, and they both Gary went off Busey's the rails. But son looks like Gary Busey. He does. Is that He's Jake Busey? It is Jake Busey, Busey isn't it? Yeah. Busey, yeah. In Stranger Things. Yeah. His daughter, though, Christmas with the Cranks. <laughs> juicy Busey. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy Juicy Busey. Uh, <laughs> they had some fun with that name, didn't they, when they named him as a kid? Fucking Right. Yeah, so this week we are watching the seminal 90s action film Under Siege. Uh, This first saw a US release on the 9th of October 1992. Over here in the UK, we didn't get it till the 26th of February the next year. Shit. Yeah, I know. Do you you remember the time in our lives when things like games and music and films didn't come out day and date worldwide because piracy wasn't an issue? Or at least it wasn't as big an issue as it was these days. No. the tagline for this film is, it's not a job, it's an adventure. Which he actually says verbatim in the film, I believe, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, which I thought was possibly like the recruitment slogan for the Navy. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's weird there's also the tagline. Yeah. Uh, it was, of course, rated R because boobs. Yeah. And it's a, it's a pretty savage core. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, again, which is one of the things I found weird about it was like, it's almost like very very run-of-the-mill, yeah, yeah. then all of a sudden something would just go, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so let's, let's put him for a reciprocating saw. Just chop into his clavicle with a saw. So this film had a budget of 35 million US dollars and had a worldwide gross in cinemas of 156.5 million. That's pretty so it was good, a bona fide hit. That's a good bunk. Yeah, good it pretty much made more or less five times its original budget. That's good. Um, 
This film was directed you by Andrew... You thought they'd have made a sequel if they could have exactly. that amount of money. Uh, this <laughs> film was directed by Andrew Davis, uh, who has notably also directed Collateral Damage and The Fugitive. Yes. Of course, he directed The Fugitive the year after this with about 20 of the same cast members, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> yeah, I think you might be right. Um, yeah. uh, and this film was written by a J.F. Lawton, whose uh, previous writing credits include Pretty Woman... Mm-hmm. And oh, also, really? <laughs> Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, don't know what to make of this next fact, but neither the writer or the director has made anything after 2008. Their oh, careers no. just ended in 2008 for some reason. But I, I feel I um, saw J.F. Lawton on um, pr- the Pretty Woman episode yeah. of Movies That Made Us. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, he's, he's on there um, chatting about... Yeah, uh, did he, he mention he why he stopped working? No, no but he really. does say about that um, Pretty Woman being. Was that before this film? Pretty yes, Woman. I would yeah, cause think he says so. Yeah, because about that being his first sort of breakthrough. Yeah, yeah. But also, I think Pretty Woman was made into a musical, so I think he doesn't have to. Uh, after that, okay. I don't think no, he didn't have to. Um, I don't think he, yeah, he has, doesn't have to work at all. Fair enough, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, good. That is your key facts for this film. Do we want to jump straight into... Where's the running order that we had? Oh, uh, we should probably break for an advertisement. Ooh, this is new. Oh, how um, new. So we will be right back after this brief... Brief? After this brief with a spoon <laughs> advertorial <laughs> message. Yeah, she's going to give you an advert now. Yeah. Please do not be alarmed. We are about to engage the nozzle. Um, okay, I, I, I'm literally just here to promote a podcast. Uh, Go Team Venture is a bi-weekly watch-along podcast for the cartoon series The Venture Brothers. Please do not move while the nozzle is engaging. Uh, every fortnight, myself and Steve dissect an episode of the show from the perspective of someone who's never watched it before. That would be Steve. Uh, as well as also from the perspective of a die-hard fan, which would be myself. Moving will disrupt calibration of the nozzle. Uh, ooh, so search Go Team Ventures today in your favourite podcast app, and uh, ooh, I don't like where that nozzle's heading. The nozzle has completed calibration. Thank you. And we're back. Right, let's get into this film then. Uh, anybody, anybody have a single word they want to throw out to get us started? Steve? Dolphin. Dolphin. <laughs> of course. It's out of all the words, that was the one that summed it up mostly for me. My first note. Yep. Was apart from the the blurb of the year and all this that and the other was dolphin. I didn't realise that when we said we were going to do this show, we were like, let's do a thing. Could I? I've never clicked my fingers before. That was the first time I've ever clicked my fingers. Hey. Um, and yeah, I've got to call it on. I'm recording <laughs> it as well. It's brilliant for posterity. <laughs> um, I didn't realise what we were supposed to do is just literally list everything that happens in the film. <laughs> you guys do that. intro dolphin. <laughs> I just thought it was majestic. A majestic dolphin. On his own. On his own. On his own as well. Th- obviously wants a part of the film. Yeah. I bet he didn't get credited though. No. But is it was it, got a green card. Is the yeah. dolphin at the beginning, is it jumping in front of the ship? Yeah. Like keeping... Okay. I wasn't sure Pulling that was like it. a tug dolphin. Yeah. yeah. No, he's got a little rope. He's ro- trying to escape. He's, he's got a little rope attached to it. Yeah. yeah. He's, uh, he's actually come off, he's come off the set of that, uh, that, f- that programme with uh, Roy... <laughs> Dequest CF9. Yeah, that. It was the same dolphin. He's just trying to get away. <laughs> Hello, Steven Seagal. I'm in front of your boat. <laughs> <laughs> On his own as well. Yeah. Not part of a pod. Oh. Which makes me think he's a twat. 
No one else wants no, he, to be with him. He's yeah. the Ryback of the dolphin yeah. world. He's the cool loner. <laughs> he's the cool loner rebel. <laughs> no, he's but he's not a cool loner. He wants to be one of the guys. It's true. Ryback. He's constantly trying to be one of the guys. Oh, but true. Just as, as per usual with the whole film, when he tries to be anything, looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but so. He's constantly trying to go off on his own. And then the, the woman... Um, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. What's the... Jordan I've, Tate. Jordan That's not Tate. me being sexist, audience. <laughs> What's that woman's we name? Had, we established off mic. I can't remember the names of anyone in this no, film. Which, which, despite watching it a day we, and a half ago. But we all agreed with yes. that. that um, I Jordan think, Tate. Sorry. Uh, apart from Rybeck, I don't remember anyone's names in this. Uh, I've just written some down. Yeah, so they're not memorable remember. names. Um, should we just go through the main cast in it? So, so we're yeah, yeah, that seems like a good way. Um, so obviously this is a um, Steven Seagal vehicle. Um, uh, mainly, well, no, no, no. I'm just thinking maybe given who's in the cast, we should stay away <laughs> from terms like uh, terms like vehicle and hit the screen. <laughs> See, I said hit the screen in response to the way that um, uh, well, Tommy Lee Jones's character dies at the end. He gets thrown. Oh god, yeah, yeah, he gets yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we've got Tommy Lee Jones and we've got Gary Busey. And one of the first things I actually wrote down, apart from Dolphin, was Gary Busey is very sus. As soon as you see him, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're a bad guy. It's like, literally. On the cast, my first note was, I love Tommy Lee Jones. There you go. Mm. And I liked his fake rocker persona in the helicopter. Do you think he that looks was very cool. Steven Tyler? Uh, he doesn't have those big DSL, though, does he? No. Like Steven Tyler. I, I like the fact that they, they managed to get people that were not only excellent uh, terrorists mm. and commando quality terrorists, but also excellent musicians. Yeah. <laughs> and chefs. <laughs> and chefs. Yeah, yeah like, oh, like, like stuff. Yeah, they managed to get every, they managed to get basically get your whole entertainment package. Yeah. Uh, and and at the same time find that they killers. were excellent commandos yeah. that would just <laughs> shoot you dead. Also, really good at putting up girders. <laughs> Yeah, really good at putting up girders. They got didn't get used whatsoever. Spent all oh that time. Oh yeah, no, no, that's spent no, all that time. No, 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 no. That's oh, not sorry. true. They crane at least one warhead onto the submarine, don't they? No, because the submarine's nowhere near the boat. No, no. You see that? You see them crane one of the uh, missiles down into the submarine because it's got like the weird, perfectly sized slot for a missile to be craned down oh, really? onto top okay, of the submarine. I must have missed that bit then. Mm. But yeah. that was just but for running the, running the torpedo and the missiles around the ship, wasn't it? Yeah, from one end of the ship to the other yeah. where the crane was so that they could yeah, then yeah. be winched into... But you never into see them moving anything. Oh. oh, no, no, you never actually see them use the rail, admittedly. Which is it's, it's only implied because you later see them use the crane. Which is ridiculous because they spend most of the film showing them putting the rail up. Mm. <laughs> but as the fortune cookie I had Sunday evening said, mm. one cannot use crane without first rail. <laughs> so the implication is they must have used the rail at some point or they could have just skipped that whole bit and you just assumed that they well there was like 30 the of them weren't there they couldn't have like just coffin carried a, a missile between 30 of them Apparently sort of not. down the corridor no no no. what they'd rather do is carry, carry very heavy girders yeah. and wrought iron yeah. and place that uh, also do we know where those girders come from because oh, I, I don't remember question. the pile of girders in the helicopter when they no. flew onto the ship no or was that maybe in the cake <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why she couldn't get out because she was so weighted down by girders where did the cake come from <laughs> that's a very good question where did any of it come from <laughs> and okay so this is okay this is one of many issues yeah. in the film um, so 
they bring her along mm. for entertainment. Yeah. But they know that the entertainment's going to be cut short anyway because they're going to lock everyone downstairs. So what? And her part of the entertainment didn't come till later anyway. So what was the entire because point of because her the party was legit because the admiral. Yeah. Um, but not at any one, one point the do they, they bring out the cake and go, "Well, we've got a surprise cake." They could have just bullshitted the whole thing. It was like, "We've got a, we've got a, a celebrity coming, and they're going to jump out of the cake, but we're not going to show you who it is." I mean, celebrities probably a bit. Oh, I'm mm. sure of that. But they, um, the the, 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 the cake, baby. yeah. So the cake must have just been in the middle of the party yeah. thing all the time. Yeah. Oh, that that's the thing. That there's a bit where the captain, uh, where the captain's admonishing. Um, Second Lieutenant Gary Busey, Commander Commander Krill, Commander Busey, um, and saying like, "Did you really think you could land a helicopter on this ship without asking me?" Yeah, yeah dickwad. It's like clearly nothing gets past. But apparently they've managed to hide a human-sized cake from him for several apparently days, so. <laughs> <laughs> and several uh, heavy iron girders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to see a prequel to this film where it's just following the captain around for several days, and every time he gets near the cake, people have to creatively like hide it from him. <laughs> Maybe it's just the film is just him walking around the ship, and but in the background you just see people like sneaking around, <laughs> from like just going from yeah, yeah, going from one room to another <laughs> with a massive yellow with a massive girder. cake and a girder, and uh, yeah. So, um, uh, so my first point that I actually wrote down this, uh, and this is a uh, a casting thing, mm. uh, is that Steven Seagal really doesn't look like a cook, or really doesn't look like one of the guys. Uh, or really doesn't look like an actor. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks like a bloke that's walked off the street. Yeah, um, it's just the fact because you know we're in all the group and they're all like, hey, hey we're all being like one of the guys, and then he starts trying to dance. With the well, other he guy. he starts to talk, and then it, it all collapses. Yeah, as soon as he says and it just, something, and it just it just it all it's just like so it, it's just so uncomfortable. Oh yeah, I think he I don't know. Uncomfortable. I, I think he sounds uncomfortable. It's, it's like. It, They've tried to do in so many different things just to see if they can um, try and make him comfortable. It's like they try and do a little bit of serious acting with him. He looks uncomfortable. They try and do a bit of like comedy with him. He looks uncomfortable. It's yeah. It's just. Uh, it's just at no point in the film does he look like he's he's he should be there. <laughs> I think he's like. It's, it's like the the thing I found out mainly about Rybeck is he's in the wrong job because. He doesn't look comfortable <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, but he's a rebel because he doesn't want to wear his dress or whites. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't I, have to conform to anything. The, the bit where they discuss Rybeck's background, did anybody actually follow that? Not really. I, 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 the thing that happened in Panama is based on a real-life thing, and then right. so he was... He's an ex-Navy SEAL. His All his crew got killed. Yeah. But later on, they touch on that he actually knows Stranix, mm. but they don't explain how or why he knows yeah, Stranix. Yeah, but also they, okay. they don't ever really explain why he... Because he, Gary Busey reads that thing out of the file, doesn't he? Yeah. About, oh, so he can only have a, a, a rating of a cook or something like that. But they don't... I, I was like, but why? What's he done? What's happened? So, okay, so here's my understanding of that, because I did a little bit of research. Right. So, there was a... Uh, an event in the 80s during the Cold War where the Americans invaded Panama. Yep. Uh, the army, because Panama was primarily a land-based invasion, the army did most of the invading, and the Navy felt very hard done by, so insisted that the Navy SEALs took the National Airport, which would normally be taken by the Army Rangers. Apparently, 
things did not go well and the entire platoon of SEALs bar three people were killed and it was a huge international incident. That is what they're referring to in this film. He is supposed to be one of those three SEALs. Right. Now he says when they get back from Panama because he he blames the deaths on bad intel. Yeah. Yeah. Did he punch someone? He comes back and he punches his commanding officer. Right. He is then going to be court-martialed but the captain somehow saves him from being court-martialed because he's only three years away from putting in his like doing his full 20 years where he gets yep. like a better pension. Yeah. Yep. So the captain basically pulled him a favour, but on the understanding that he could never hold a rank in the Navy higher than a cook or a... Chief petty officer or something. Something like yeah. that, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so it was basically a, l- a ploy to keep him in long enough that he could claim his pension. Right, okay. Um, but I he happened to be a good cook, though. Apparently so. No, 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 in his own words, he can also cook. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just thought it was it was incredibly weird that they tied it into this real... That is yeah. weird, isn't it? Yeah. And I guess is Strenix, who is Tommy Lee Jones' character, is he supposed to be one of the other surviving members then? That, see, that I don't know. Because when they talk about Strenix's background, and they, they've got the guy in the war room, haven't they, explaining yeah. who he is, yeah, who's yeah. also a company man. He's more oh, like intelligence, sorry. though. It's Strenix. Sorry. sorry. Don't you mean the exposition room? Yes. Where they just sit down and... You can't fight in here, this is the exposition room. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that whole bit is just exposition. <laughs> I, just, just real quick, I love the way that when they talk to Rybeck over the comm piece and they're sat in the exposition room, they always look up <laughs> into the air when they're talking. Like Rybeck's the voice of God or something. Very strange. Um, but the Tommy Lee Jones character then, Stranix. Mm. Is that his name? Uh, William Stranix. Thank you. Uh... He to me seemed like he was more of an actual like intelligence rather than. Well, doesn't the guy in the exposition operative? room say he specialises in training, basically mental people to be CIA operatives in yes. other countries? Yes, yeah. and I think that's what Stranick's supposed to be. Isn't and it? he's like unhinged. Something happened and they tried to kill him, and he's he basically took got umbrage. burned, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I get yeah. the impression he's, he's kind of like a, an espionage specialist. Yeah, so he goes in and gets into. I wonder if. He was the one that's supposed to have got the intel for this Panama job. And maybe, yeah, maybe. I, I don't. Know. Know. I didn't feel like he was having anything to do with why. Well, he I had a bit of a manic energy it? to him at times, didn't he? He had yeah. that same sort of energy that um, Gary Oldman had in Leon, the professional, at times. Yeah. Like the very explosive, like the. He really loved that rocker jacket he had. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the last scene where. Um, Stranix and Rybeck see each other. They they know each yeah, other. Yeah, they know each other, they but they don't really but they say. They don't explain why. It's really know, yeah. weird. Mm. Um, I think we can only assume they must have slept together at some point. <laughs> yeah, one night stand somewhere. Oh, this is awkward. I left you cab fare, and so now this, you're but here. But that's why Stephen Seagal was like, "Oh, it's nice to see you again." And Tommy Jones was like, "We've never seen each other before." And then Stephen Seagal just showed in the back of his head, and he went, yeah. "Oh, I know you now." <laughs> Uh, I believe IMB, IMDb trivia states that this is the only Steven Seagal film where he does not sport his trademark ponytail. Is it? Oh, really? Uh, because is it the second one? Because I believe this film was not partially funded, but I believe it was made with the help of the US Navy. And they don't allow ponytails. And you are not allowed hair longer than four inches oh, in the US Navy, so they insisted oh. he not have his ponytail. Um because it was all shot on board the real USS Missouri as right. it was being decommissioned. Mm-hmm. So there were points in this where it felt like it might have been sort of a half-hearted Navy recruitment tool. Yep. Mm. But then I don't know how you... I, would it really be a Navy recruitment film and then you have the villain be a 
homegrown ex-CIA terrorists. Yeah, it, it's kind of... You would of have thought it would have been the Russians or, like, the Koreans or something like that. A little bit it? counterproductive having it be one of your own. Yeah. Or several of your own, because they all, all seem to be in on it. Yeah. Because um, Commander Krill, um, Buse's character, is just pissed off, generally. Mm. And that's his only reason for... And uh, to get back. due a psychological evaluation, evaluation yeah. as the the captain. He's mental. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was really enjoying being in drag, wasn't he? He was. I, I mean, I'm not throwing shade. I don't, no. if, if that's you know, if you like dressing in drag, I, then I, follow your follow your heart. I agree. One of my notes was Gary Busey goes from being an uptight dig mm. to fun-loving drag queen and back again very quickly. Mm. So, on Gary Busey, ever so slightly. Did anyone else find his plaster on his face very distracting at times? Because <laughs> I couldn't work out at some points if it was supposed to be a really shitty looking scar they put on, and then in other shots it would be an actual It did kind of look like like bad like medical makeup that started to flake off. Exactly. Yeah. And then in some of the later shots, they'd replaced it with an actual plaster. Mm. So... I don't know. I don't know if it's because the lighting was a bit dark in maybe. places, yeah, a bit sure. shit, or maybe they did try and put a prosthetic cut on his face, and it just looked just shit. Kept peeling mm. off. Yeah. Um, what I didn't understand though is why was he in drag? <laughs> because that didn't. He didn't have to be. Why not? Uh, you know, I know. Is that a navy? I think that might be a navy. Is it a navy thing tradition? or like a, an armed forces yeah. thing? There, there tends to be a nice history of drag, doesn't? But that? if you're going to then like. Your, your mission is that you know exactly what's going on downstairs. I'm going to go up and shoot the captain. Yeah, but but what better way to put people at rest than a giant yeah. pair of uh, fake dress? <laughs> I mean, you're not going to expect the dude that walks into your cabin wearing drag to then immediately execute you, are you? Yeah, no, but I think the captain probably wasn't expecting anyone to execute him anyway. Is my, is my yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, so I think he would just <laughs> and he walks in and said, why are you wearing drag? It's like, oh, was I not supposed to? Oh, <laughs> It's like, no, you really didn't need to do that. You just need to walk into the captain's office where you would allow be allowed to go as yeah. as a high ranking officer. He couldn't have done his little <laughs> musical number at the party <laughs> then no, if he was true. if he wasn't in drag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. So he wears drag and like again, like I said, follow your heart, no problem with that. Yeah, yeah. It's very it, it's a very very forward thinking positive move uh, for 93 and then of course you run pretty much two three scenes later slap uh, head first into just the hardest homosexual slur. They, uh, when they're in the kitchen, he uh, suggests that I don't know if it's Busey's character or if it's the guy that goes on to the short-haired guy that goes on to play the Secret Service agent in Twenty Four, whose name I can't remember, the ginger oh, yeah, guy yeah, with the chip on his shoulder, yeah. mm. uh, uses the F slur mm. against yes. Ryback. Yeah, and I was just like, Jesus! Nothing brings you crashing back to the fact that it was 1992. <laughs> Than someone liberally using that in a mainstream Hollywood film. It's okay though, because then we're brought crashing back down to the heterosexual with a pair of boobs. Oh, boobs! <laughs> so it all goes full circle. It's, it's not circle quite. It's not quite her first scene, is it? But it no. may as well be her first scene. Is just her getting she, out and getting her boobs. She out. does go from the helicopter mm. to a cake, and then not in it for about half an hour. Yeah, and then boobs. Is it? No, she doesn't go straight into the cake. Well, I suppose, yeah, I suppose she, she must go straight into the cake. But they, yeah, they literally um, don't see her. She, they, yeah, but aren't we to believe she sort of passes out in the cake? Yeah. She takes so, like way more yeah. drama. So than again, she's supposed to. again, like you can tell that this was a different time. Mm. So 
the one woman <laughs> on the ship who they all want a bit of, yeah. let's face it. I mean, until Busey turns up a drag, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, she is escorted to a room, drugged up. <laughs> yep. Put in a cake. And put in a cake and told that next time we see you, we want you to have your boobs out. <laughs> yeah. Which she does, which is fine. Which yeah, she does, mm, because she, she's Miss July 1989. Apparently so. <laughs> she keeps... She's, she's keeps, that's what she's known for. Yeah. Uh, well, my name is Jordan Tate. I'm Miss July 89. It's go. literally the only quote I wrote down. <laughs> oh, no, no, sorry, tell a lie. Yeah? Real quick, I wrote a second quote, which was, Become the Hatch. <laughs> which was Rybeck's advice to her when he was explaining to her how to try and uh, blend in with the ship and stealth. <laughs> when she insisted upon going with him. How annoying was it when she was hammering on the uh, yeah on the locker? It's just like you must understand yeah. that you're in a bad situation if you make a lot of noise. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the fact that he—you could almost see his thinking as an actor when she was doing it, because she did it a couple of times and he opened it straight away. It's like he was poised, ready to open it. But he oh, wasn't. you don't you, you don't think he opened it and was surprised to see her there? <laughs> <laughs> think maybe Seagal has no object purpose. <laughs> 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 you, you think he shut it, heard the noise, and then in his mind he was just thinking, "What's that what's noise?" That noise? <laughs> opens it again. Oh shit! I just, oh, I just put oh, you it's in you. There. Oh, I did it again. I put you oh, in what's it. What's that noise? <laughs> it's the way he shuts it and almost immediately opens it again. It's like, like the, Another bit in The Simpsons when he's in that portaloo and the, the rhino's trying to like bang it on the outside. And Homer's just like, hello? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just so bizarre. The, the ho- her whole being there is entirely pointless. And you can guarantee the only reason they put her in there is for the few women that gets dragged to the cinema with their other halves to go see it. And like, oh, do look, there is a woman in it. Do you th- yeah, but and, oh, <laughs> she got excuse, her yeah, boobs out. <laughs> yeah, indeed. See, there is a woman in it. Oh. Oh. I don't think anything <laughs> in this film was put in place <laughs> to try and attract a female but audience. No. It's the most strained romance oh. in an action film ever. So, uh, the very uh, skipping to the very end, yeah, yeah. Steven Seagal looks very uncomfortable kissing a woman. <laughs> he looks very uncomfortable <laughs> I'm not saying in the entire Yeah, thing. exactly. This is the thing. Every single thing he does, he looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> and so even even his like cheesy line before it, he's, he's uncomfortable yeah. saying it. Adding, jo- adding Jordan Tate to the script, because mm. she was a late addition to the script, was a network note. Oh, they really? felt there had to be a woman love interest in there. The, I believe, paraphrasing the exact uh, thing that the head of um, the studio said was, this film is a sausage fest. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, so the network uh, I didn't suggested... feel like she was a love interest, though. This is the problem all the way through the film. It didn't feel like she was... There, it didn't feel like he was falling in love with her at any point yeah. <laughs> during Steven the Seagal <laughs> was the one that suggested she be a party stripper. Of course he did. So that was his input as a producer. Did you oh yes, of course he is. I just noticed. Did you know he was down to direct? Really? really? That that I didn't know. He was down that to direct. That would be interesting to see how that would have turned out. He was down to direct, but the studio um, felt it would be better for someone with a bit more experience, I believe, to take the helm. Um, but <laughs> there's no point. Sh- going back to Steven Seagal looking awkward and everything. Do you think he he's got a bit of smell the fart acting going on in like <laughs> nearly every scene? Yeah. It looks like he's just ripped one and is standing there seeing if anyone's gonna notice that he just farted. 
He's like looking around a little bit. He, main, he looks a bit yeah, bewildered. Mainly when he's um, covering over the captain with his own his jacket. <laughs> and then he has to do that like serious look to, to camera. Where he's supposed to be like, I'm emotional because <laughs> they've killed my captain. But he looks more like, it's a shame what, am I, what am I supposed to be doing yeah. and why am I here? <laughs> it's very odd. And that last stare he does at the camera at the very end when he's got his hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Saluting. just gone. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, gone. Yeah. It, his, bo- his soul has left his body at that <laughs> point. You expect him to just slowly <laughs> tilt backwards and land on the floor, still in salute position, staring at the sky. Do we want to briefly discuss the John McClane of it all? By all means. I cannot be the only one that watched this and thought, good lord, this feels like a rejected Die Hard script. I can tell you exactly why this is, oh, if, you, if you wish. Yes, um, I, I feel we have done the same research. So, uh, kind of, maybe we have. But I, again, going back to Netflix... Uh, the movies that made us, yep. the Die Hard episode, it finished by saying that Die Hard spawned a whole generation of these um, these types of films. That um, you then had basically a remake of Die Hard, guy who finds himself in the wrong kind of situation, against is in, a, all in a, a, a location against a load of terrorists who um, he's he's literally got no way to sort this situation out but fight his way out because he's stranded. Um, so um, th- basically. They are a reworking of of Die Hard. Um, so, it wasn't a rejected Die Hard script. You're right. It was it was a aping of the Die Hard formula. Mm. Yeah. Uh, however, it did push Die Hard Three back in pre-production by a year and force them to fully rewrite Die Hard with a Vengeance because that was originally going to be John McClane on a cruise ship filled with terrorists. Ah. Yeah. And this film uh, started getting spoken about and greenlit. And they were like, crap, we can't come out with the same film a year later. So suddenly I have a reason to really like Under Siege because it created Die Hard with a Vengeance. (laughs) Possibly the best Die Hard? Yeah, Yeah. it did. I know Die Hard 1's like a Die in the World classic, but Die Hard with a Vengeance I goes without saying, Die Hard is the best and then Die Hard is... Die Hard Adventure is the best sequel. If you wanted to, yeah. If you wanted, you could almost you could almost take Die Hard of its own and yeah, just yeah. put it in a box, and, in a box. and that that's there. That's perfect as yeah. it is. There we go. But then, so yeah. But Die Hard with a Vengeance is 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 one of the one of the few of a you know a series of films that actually it gets it it gets it it it's goes better. good. It's a really good film. Good film. Really good film. You know, mm. it's like it goes. It works its way back up again. I go as far as saying. The Die Hard trilogy, ignoring the later attempts. Yeah, yeah. The Die Hard trilogy is actually a very solid trilogy. I know a lot of oh, people yeah, say the second one's not no, that I, good. And when I say a good film, I think it's it's a really I, I really like it. It's a really yeah. good film. But actually, I, if you were to, if you were to give me Die Hard Die Harder, sorry, um, on its own, I would say that's a really I really love that film. Mm-hmm. That's a great film. But then you add one and three alongside yeah. it. <laughs> that's that's probably yeah. of the original trilogy of Die Hards, the one closest to Under Siege as well, isn't it? Yes, I yeah. suppose so, yeah. Because <clears throat> mm. yeah. it, it, I mean, it is just a horizontal plane filled with <laughs> terrorists, isn't it? Effectively. So one's on the sea and one's on One's, on <laughs> one's in an airport, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There is that. Uh, and connection between um, uh, Under Siege and Die Harder uh, is the actor Cole Mamini. Who in this is the I is I think he's Irish, um, in Under Siege he's the, the he's like Stanix's right hand man oh, yeah. in the blue yeah, yeah. The he's, black suit. He's the yeah. guy in Conair as well, and he was also like the engineer in some Star Trek series. I believe. Yes, 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 that's yeah. the one. Yeah, he, he's 
Scottish or Irish? He's Irish, or yeah. Irish. yeah. Um, and he's um, he's appeared in loads of those films yeah. all around that time. Most um, recently, he appeared as Charlie Day's real family. Spoilers for the latest season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, really? Um, even though it's shown in the trailer, but he's in the latest season of It's Always Sunny in is Philadelphia. He's, he's, mm. the, uh, he's in the Alan Partridge film, mm. um, but uh, he's in Die Harder. He is the pilot of the British plane. Of course he is, yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Bit of a connection between the two there. Yeah, he does show up in all sorts of stuff. When I saw him in it, I was like, oh, that's him. Yeah, yeah. He's great in Connor. He is good. Who's he playing? Is he, police, is he like a policeman or something? No, no, no. He's the he's like the nebbish. Uh, so you've got John Cusack, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, that's uh, it. He's he like the nebbish his... guy that's like, no, 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 we're going to shoot him down, shoot yeah, him down. Yeah. And he, John Cusack steals his car to, to go yeah, out into the course. desert. Yeah. So um, here's a question for you, generally. Mm. Uh, uh, Steven Seagal. Yes. What is it? No. Um, before <coughs> Under Siege, mm-hmm. yes. what was his... I okay. don't really know much. So I don't much match Matt Stevens again. Are you ready? Mm. Should we rumors. take a break? <laughs> Let's take a dive down a Seagal hole. <laughs> Going to need a wee wee. There are. There's a big story about Steven Seagal, and I don't know people's names. Uh, I didn't do the research. Uh, maybe we'll bring. Call this them up Barry and Andrew. Um, but there's a rumor going around that there were two executives in Hollywood sitting down having a, a meal, and one of them turned around and said, I "Was it on a naval ship?" Probably. <laughs> I bet you X amount of money you can't find the worst person and make them an actor. <laughs> and that person, apparently, was Steven Seagal. And he only got a career break because it was a bet over a dinner. I don't know how true this is. I will do my research. Where, where did you hear this? So what was it's f- all over the internet. So it was Under Siege, like his it first... It comes up in Reddit threads, like, all the time. Was that his first film? I take it he'd been in films no, before. There's a couple of films he'd been in before. Yeah. I think Under Siege was, like, second or third. Right. Um, fun fact for you. None of Steven Seagal's... Uh, any film that Steven Seagal is credited in goes above a 6.6 on IMDb. <laughs> They're all mm. below the 6.6... Margin, which is, I suppose, six point six is fairly high to accept. Is high average. Yeah. It doesn't go above that at all. And there's some quite big sort of films that he's, well, under siege, I guess. Yeah, it's probably the biggest. Yeah. So it's his fifth film. Uh, The weird thing about it, though, is that he his first film was in 1988, um, and it's a film called Above the Law. Um, then he was in Hard to Kill, Marked for Death, Out for Justice. <laughs> this is quite similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, and then Under Siege. But on each of the films, those first five, uh, four, those first four films, from Above the Law, the very first film, he is the star. So at yeah. no point has he ever been not the star of the film. Okay. And you say that. And he's actually only in Under Siege for less than 50% of the actual runtime. Right. Tommy Lee Jones has more screen time in <laughs> Under Siege than the lead actor. Wait, really? Yep. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> uh, question for you both. Would this film be better if Steven Seagal was replaced with an actual seal? <laughs> <laughs> If this had it been a an animatronic, or if it had been more modern and it was a CG seal, yep. would this yeah. have been a better film? It I would probably so. look more comfortable <laughs> in all the uh, on all the different scenes that it's had to do. It would probably look much more comfortable having a dance off with 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 that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I I show she moves, show she moves. Then. Oh, with cue ball. 
<laughs> I found um, Steven Seagal wearing a chef's hat makes him look severely less badass. <laughs> uh, likewise, Steven Seagal wearing welding goggles yeah. makes him look severely oh, less so, badass. So, right, that bit, that yeah. bit did annoy me on a welding point of view. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, I know you're going to discuss the uh, loading of the gun at some point. Yep. But <laughs> on a welding point of view, I have been around people welding, yep. right? Now, I couldn't tell you how they did the welding. I'm not very... I, I couldn't weld, um, but I, I've seen people welding. But I haven't actually probably seen them because at no point could you get near those people because you would be blinded, right? So he's wearing goggles. She's standing right next to him. No goggles or anything whatsoever. She, the first, as soon as he started that, the first thing she would have actually done is gone, fucking hell! <laughs> I'm going to stop you there. Yeah. He's not welding. That's not a welding torch. That's a blowtorch. A blowtorch is used for cutting. Right. Not used for welding. What what they use to weld that door would not weld it. To weld, you need yeah, yeah. a rod of metal, effectively, yeah, yeah. that does it. Well, yeah, it's like a big, so massive solder in iron. Yeah. Like but was he, was he welding the door at that point? No, or he, was he, he was, cutting he was the door that they previously welded? But they still use the same... Oh yeah, device. he yeah. picked up like to the acetylene torch that yeah. they'd left yeah, behind. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. left there. Yeah, and at one point, someone actually walks through the flame of the torch. Like when they're doing that bit, yeah, one of the other people walks through the torch and flinches as he walks very close to it. <laughs> so whether that was just because he was too close, I don't know. It's really weird because I wrote it down. I was like. Um, on my other bits of notes, annoyingly, um, it's like that guy just burnt his arm, literally walking <laughs> past it. But when he goes to cut the door open, he puts those goggles on. I was like, they're welding goggles. He's not welding. Mm. He's literally just cutting. Yeah. Yeah, they might. But it's help, still creating the he welding. He would to see with flash, those on. though, isn't it? It, it shouldn't. Do. It won't make. No, it, maybe it shouldn't do, but no. it, it was. Yeah. <laughs> But he's um, not cutting so he can see. He's cutting so he can feel. Hmm? 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 What? <laughs> <laughs> it was an Evo joke. Oh, was it? He's cutting so he can feel. Oh, <laughs> sorry. That's oh, right. Wow, that ground, <laughs> the, that ground <laughs> the first <laughs> episode to a <laughs> crashing halt. Oh. Talking about cutting. Please, yes. please put there an effect in there. <laughs> quite funny knife fights in this film. Oh! But... Yeah. That middle knife fight with yeah. the bandsaw and everything like that. Yep. Is it just me, or did it change completely to different camera style? It, it, it changed to handheld it, it close-up. That wasn't middle, though. That was pretty much towards the end, wasn't it? It was about three quarters of the way through, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so I was, I'm considering that the middle one, because I considered the end knife fight the knife fight between Tommy Lee Jones yeah. and Thingy, where <laughs> oh, they're literally just waving knives yeah, at yeah. each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, look, they looked like there was no skill involved. They yeah. were literally just smacking <laughs> knives together. Wait, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just smacking knives together and Tommy Lee Jones occasionally going ah, oh, oh, ah. <laughs> I see you've played knifey knifey before but yet that, the, the entire film is shot with these beautiful yeah, static yeah. shots on tripods and yeah. dolly shots and everything you get to that mid knife scene they bring in Gary Gary's what? been practicing I don't know if it's that Gary Busey I don't know if it's that or if it's because it was actually filmed on a US Navy carrier and maybe that room there just wasn't enough space to shoot an action scene maybe. with maybe? a static thing so they decided to go in for the handheld but it is very jarring, and it makes that whole knife fight scene, bandsaw scene, I, way just, more graphic. It's bizarre. It's like that whole fight scene is just 
odd. Like the first scene that shot they show is the bandsaw. Mm. It's like, oh look, a bandsaw. Like, real quick, the first the first thing they show is the bandsaw cutting through a girder like it was <laughs> butter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know much about girders, <laughs> but I think they put up a little bit more resistance you to a bandsaw than that. You can't cut through a fucking girder with a bandsaw. Is <laughs> yeah. what I was thinking. Like, That's where you need a blowtorch. He acts like he's a cheesemonger <laughs> at Tesco's and just pushes the girder through. <laughs> much like his arm goes through it later on. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Because yeah, but th- did you not notice that on the other side of the counter when he's uh, pushing the uh, the girder through, there's a little old lady saying, <laughs> "Half a pound of girder, please." <laughs> No, but that does explain why when Steven Seagal enters the scene, he takes that small ticket with the number. <laughs> Next to his knife. <laughs> oh, fucking oh, hell. Nice. Um, um, I need to go for a wee. Yeah, do you want to take a quick break? Yeah, should we yeah go? we'll just take a quick urination break. No yeah. advert this time. No, just... Uh, but we'll be right back after this. A terrorist controls the world's most dangerous weapons. Happy trails. But there's one weapon he doesn't control. Steven Seagal. Here come the good guys. Tommy Lee Jones, Under Siege, Rated R. Starts Friday, October 9th at a theater near you. Okay, Rich's blood is empty. We're back. Right. So, um, can I uh, begin this part by basically saying there are two real idiots in this (laughs) film. And that's saying something. Two real dum-dums. Two real dum-dums, right? So, what they do, the terrorists, they get yep. every all the sailors, everyone on the ship, and they lock them into various sections of the ship, right? So, what uh, they then do is they find out that there is one person who is not locked in, and that one person is the guy who is guarding Steven Seagal, who is locked in, right? Yep. Then two, so two of them then go up, kill the guy who's guarding the man who's locked in and then rather than going well he's locked in let's leave him locked in Mm. they unlock him and he escapes so they unlock do you recall they they unlock the freezer he's in yeah Yeah. and they shoot up the freezer yeah but they don't hit Mr. Seagal no because he's in the roof Which begs the question, why the fuck didn't he just get up in the roof and escape in the first place? (laughs) Yeah, he gets up and hides in a vent. What, climb through the fucking vents? Yeah. Because that vent's got to go somewhere, surely. (laughs) So strange. (laughs) So, so strange. Yeah. But I just didn't understand. I was just like, but mate, I was But yeah, you're right. Leave him locked in. Leave him in there. Your one purpose, your one sole uh, target for all the people, all the sailors who are against you on the ship is to lock them in somewhere, apparently. Yeah. He's locked in somewhere. They should just... Be, they kill the guy outside and then go, well, he's locked in, so we'll just leave him to it. You know what done. a better idea is? Is to lock people in the boat and then slowly sink your own boat by filling it full of water. Oh, the fire suppression system, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> filling a boat full of water probably isn't the best <laughs> idea, yeah. but I suppose it doesn't add any more... I don't know... Do you reckon that water comes in from the outside and fills it, or do you reckon it's already it intact? It kind of looked oh, like oh, it was, wasn't it? Like it was torrenting it so as opposed to sprinkling. It's yeah. really like, like tugboats. They, they their hoses, they suck it in from the sea and then... So it, they're filling their own boat up with water from the outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do yeah. wonder. I was like, oh, good. So you're slowly sinking your own boat. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, like the logic holds out. Though. They weren't going to keep that boat anyway, were they? No. Because he'd already... Uh, so Tommy Lee Jones, th- as I was saying earlier off mic, is the Carmen Sandiego of the sea in this film. Yeah. 
Because out of nowhere, he's just like, oh yeah, last week, get this, last week, he nicked a North Korean nuclear sub. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Oh, no, no, he blew that up. D- did he definitely blow it up? Well, he told us he blew it up. Just so weird. So he's got a sub, he's got a US aircraft carrier. He's got a helicopter. He's got a helicopter. Yeah. I was expecting at some point for him to have maybe a French oil rig that he'd yeah. stolen. <laughs> they just <laughs> drive up next to it. So yeah. Do, do you remember how Carmen San Diego used to steal like really audacious things though? Like, oh my God, she's stolen the, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. <laughs> <laughs> things like that. Mount Rushmore. Yeah. She's got Mount Rushmore in her back garden now. I don't know who Carmen San Diego is. I know you've mentioned Carmen San Diego in the past. Carmen San Diego. I have no well, idea. Well, yeah, I know. And it, even when I, 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 Carmen San Diego used I really to be a cartoon from the '80s, but also slash an edutainment computer game. It's all on Netflix, I believe. Is it really? Oh no, no. They did a they did a Netflix reboot. Yeah, some of the early stuff was on Netflix for a while when oh, it came really? out. I don't know if it's still on there. But yeah, it was entertainment, wasn't it? It was a backdoor way of teaching Correct. you fun facts about other countries, like so what their flags were and what the capital was. Started yeah, okay. off as a TV program in Canada. Oh, really? Um, and they created this character um, as, like you said, um, part of a computer game mm. that would give you facts and stuff. But it was um, a TV show. I can't remember what I watched it on. It was... Um, I don't think it was like TV, but the made us or something. Something similar like that. They talk about it starting off as a TV program, and she would pop up every now and again, and she stole stuff. And, and but then, she yes, they stole turned like it into a proper super thing. audacious stuff, didn't she? Like yes. she's stolen the the like the Eiffel oh, Tower, the Sphinx, mm. or that. Yeah, like she's you literally see her like fly off with four helicopters attached to each corner of the Sphinx. <laughs> um, but the concept of the video game was you were a de- you were a teenage detective working for the Acme Detective Company. Right. And you were chasing Carmen Sandiego around the world and you'd always be one step behind her. So you'd chase her to Italy where she's still on the Leaning Tower of Pisa and they'd say, oh no, she just escaped in a boat with flags with these colours on. Yeah. And you had like the option of four different places to go. And if you knew that the Mexican flag was those colours, you knew to chase her to Mexico. Right, okay. And things like that. Or it's like, oh, before she left, she changed all her money into lira. <laughs> and things like that. So it was weird entertainment. Yeah. But she, yeah, she made a. Um, Wouldn't any good now, would it? She she changed her currency to euros. Fuck, we've oh, lost. Jesus, <laughs> she's off. <Yeah. laughs> she's in Europe somewhere. <laughs> These days, it'd be more like she's had a single shot of the Pfizer vaccine, and then you have to work out where in the world she could have possibly flown to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, hence why I refer to him as the Carmen San Diego of the Sea right, because yeah. she she also stole audacious. Yeah, things. he just he just has yeah. stolen um, quite incredible things. I mean, he and stole crude, nukes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, yeah, and stolen a submarine and crewed them with various people from around the world. Yeah. No no idea where these people came from. Why can't you speak English? Says Gary Busey at one point. Yeah, yeah. exasperated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was half um just just a, a quick jump over to our mine and Steve's side project, Go to Venture. I was half expecting Ghost Pirate Captain to show up at some point on that sub. That was the level of crew they had. Did anyone else <laughs> Look at me, I'm Johnny Depp <laughs> Did anyone else uh, when Gary Busey was on that on the submarine trying to fix the bomb problem mm. um out of all those people that crewed the submarine, none of them knew how to fix the problem. Except for <laughs> Gary Busey, who just, who just cut that off and it fixes it. Like Weld it. That's with his... Uh, it, yeah. yeah, backwards weld it. <laughs> Wasn't it crowbar the something back into place and then weld it and yeah. it should work plot, fine? Plot. Plot. Yeah. <laughs> plot it back Crowbar together. the plot <laughs> back in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yes. That whole bit is like, ah, there he is. He might have set a bomb. Really? You think? <laughs> Two what? minutes later, bang. What did you guys make of Gary Busey being killed by um, Jordan Tate? What? Gary, Gary Busey's, Busey's character was... He gets blown up on the submarine. Yeah. Who's Who gets shot by... Cole um, Meany. Jordan Tate. Yeah. Oh, is that the guy from... The guy yeah. from everything we were just... Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. the other guy. Yeah, oh, I've yeah. got them mixed up. Right, yeah. yes, absolutely. Because uh, she makes a huge deal, doesn't she, about not wanting to use yeah, guns yeah. and yeah. stuff. And then she schools... That that yeah, yeah, sailor yeah. dude at the yeah. end on how to load it and stuff. Yeah, suddenly she's an expert who doesn't give a shit about firing guns. Yeah, exactly. And also dressed as a sailor at the end. Yeah, don't know what yeah. <laughs> she is. There's something vaguely cami from Street Fighter about her at the end. <laughs> um, so sorry, remind me, how does Busey get blown up? Oh, right. So they, <laughs> it's the whole bit of. They they've only got starburst rounds. Yes, yeah. sorry, of course. He's they they sub, they've he? got yeah. actual rounds. They have actual rounds from the the old-fashioned gun, yeah. which none of them know how to use now because obviously it's all modern technology these days, and no one knows how to use a Except good old-fashioned. Apart from that, yeah, that, uh, that, oh, that that guy who's there, um, who's. Yeah, he's so he, they break oh, into I've that. I've got his name written down. Have you? <laughs> yep. Have you got his, it? His name was. Plot McDevice. <laughs> Albert Plodzinski. They walk into that room and there's a, there's a group of guys there that it's like... Oh, you, oh mean, yeah. you mean, hang on, let me just check my notes. The Plot Locker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They go into that room. Yeah, exactly. That The, the Plot Locker. They walk into the Plot Locker mm. and they, they find... Uh, Plot uh, section A, B, C, D, and E. Uh, they find a mechanic. They find <laughs> yeah. someone that knows how to fire old-fashioned yeah, guns. Yeah, indeed. They know someone that can do the electrics to stop them firing their weapons. Yeah, yeah. they That's know someone true. that can do the laundry. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so they find this old guy who I I didn't I completely missed why he was there. I feel he was a like friend he, of the captains. I think. Was, was, I feel like he was there because they were decommissioned in this ship. So he was like an old sailor on it or something like that. I got the feeling that's why he was there. Um, powder. Powder powder, man. powder gun. Powder boy. Whatever yeah. it was. Powder monkey. Powder monkey. That's it. Thank you very much. So um, so anyway, so they get him to uh, show them how to fire this, this gun and blow up the submarine. Yes, of course they do. Of course so they effectively do. they fire the starburst rounds, which are apparently marking... Um, Yes, they're, well, they're, basically, like flares, they're basically they? lighting up the sky so that they can see the submarine to blow it out of the water. Yes. And on the second shot, they... Third. Uh, is the second shot? The first, the first one, one they fired a starburst. starburst. Second one they miss. Yep. And then the third, third one, one they hit. Yeah. Mm. Which, at that point, when they see the starburst go up into the sky, surely everyone on that submarine should have gone, uh, should we, should we fucking... We're in a submarine. If we go underwater... No, but that's when they go, ah, they've only got starbursts. Yeah, that's true. They've only got starbursts. Yeah. Which is we weird, because in 92... <laughs> I was going to say, in 92, they were still opal fruits. They opal were, fruits, yeah. sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Opal fruits. <laughs> oh, does anyone remember those starburst juicers? Which were like jelly beans, but better. Did they gush? Were they gushers? No, but they were very <laughs> soft. <laughs> very soft in it. What's that? What's so funny oh, about the word gush? They do love a gusher. They did they love gushers. gushers. They had gusher starburst for a while. There you go. Gusher starburst. I love yeah. the gusher starburst. I don't think they were called gushers, <laughs> but... <laughs> you said this before about how you love to gush your starburst. Yeah. <sighs> right. Boobs. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I've put bye-bye Busey. 
when he got blown up. So uh, the terrorists, why were they? What were they? Why were they doing it? <laughs> money. <laughs> it, was, it was just was that they were just going to sell. Was there any? There wasn't any suggestion like, of money, was there? Was yeah, they're selling the um the missiles for. There's a whole conversation Tommy Lee Jones has with people, uh, someone on the phone, about making millions and millions. Of, uh, I must but then also, and then also, it seemed like one minute they were talking about blowing up parts of the world to start revolutions, yeah. but the next minute they were talking about money. And I didn't yeah. really understand what was their. I thought it was. I thought it was revenge. Bit of column B. I thought it was revenge for him getting burnt. By Tommy the Lee Jones, I think, wants to do a bit of revenge, but he needs money. As well, to so fund said Revenge. Yeah, because it doesn't Gary Busey say at one or they, they said to him what you're going to do with your share or the, some, the, the amount yeah. of money you're going to make. He says I'm going to buy the presidency. Oh no no no! no. They were no. going to split the missiles. What are you going to do with the nuclear warhead you get? Yeah, right. I'm going to um, buy the president. Put it under my bed for a few years. <laughs> let, let it gain. I'm going to put interest. it in, put it yeah. in the bank. Yeah, put it in the bank. <laughs> um, there was a horrifying line in this where I believe it was Tommy Lee Jones one. referred to nuking Honolulu as. One million people reach 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit in a second. Correct. Oh, actually, was that no, somebody that was, in the that exposition was room? Yeah, 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 that was yeah, the exposition yeah. room, yeah. Which, two, which was two just missiles. such a casual, horrifying way of talking yeah. about nuclear apocalypse. What does, yeah. this, what does this mean? It was two Tomahawk missiles, wasn't it? It was yes. two special tipped. They couldn't bring <laughs> themselves to admit they were nuclear. They were yeah. the special, special tipped ones. Yeah. Yes. Special tipped missiles. Mm-hmm. That's what I call my missiles. I, d- I did like the fact that Segal was technically right, though. They could safely sink the submarine even with the nuclear-tipped missiles on, because it wouldn't detonate the nuclear Correct. warhead. Correct, yeah. Because that's not how nuclear warheads work. No. There you go. Because they detonate separately, is that right? They have a detonation it? coil, I believe, but they won't detonate on impact. No, they have to. So you could drop them out of a plane. Yeah. Um. But Yes. Yeah. They might explode, <laughs> but they won't release fissionable material or something. Correct. Right. Um, I think they actually refer to that in... I think it's the director's film after this, which is Broken Arrow, which again... Did he direct Broken Arrow? Yep. I believe so. It's either... The, I mean, the next film he directed after this was exactly one year later, and that was The Fugitive. Yeah, do you want to check this? Arrow? The director, Andrew Davis. Yeah. Um, I can, I can I tell you. I think he yeah. did Broken Don't Arrow. Don't recall seeing Broken Arrow in his Maybe it's the writer... I think I directed Broken Arrow. <laughs> Most of the 90s as a blur. Um, yeah. He did direct Above the Law, though, which was uh, Steven Seagal's first film. Uh, so the film art straight after Under Siege was The Fugitive. Yeah. yeah. Which is it was like uh, literally 12 yeah. months later, I think. Uh, yeah. And then he directed Chain Reaction. Yeah, maybe it was Chain Reaction. Collateral, on collateral damage, yeah. I don't think I've seen Chain Reaction, uh, but that sounds like murder. it could be nuclear-related. Re- uh, so, no, he, d- he didn't. Uh, Can you look up who Broken directed Broken Arrow? Okay, you, you carry on Thank chatting, you. and I'll, um, I'll look up Broken Arrow. Yeah, but I, there's a lot about that in Broken Arrow, They about nuclear devices. It's all about stealing yes. nukes. Well, a Broken Arrow like is a stolen nuke, isn't it? Yes. No, it's a fighter pilot gone rogue, I think. Oh, is it? Or is it? I you thought, might be right. Maybe I thought Broken Arrow was a, a missing, a missing missile. Maybe, yeah. yeah, you're probably very right. Um, um, so uh, Broken Arrow was actually directed by John Woo. Oh, maybe it's the yeah, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe I got confused um, about um, Chain Reaction, which is a Keanu Reeves film. It is a Keanu Reeves film. Correct. Correct, yeah. um, Amondo. Why? Why was? Remind me of the lady's name again. Jordan, Jordan Tate. Tate. Why is she crying for most of that film? Is she crying for most she of the film? She does cry for a lot. no yeah. reason in lots of that film. Like any time she is on screen, she has got tears, 
And maybe it's just because, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a stressful Seagal. situation for her to be in. Maybe. She's requires a lot. You try, putting, you, you try getting locked in a, a locker. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> in a, cake, a cake, then a locker. locker. You try getting not crying. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. You big roughy tuffy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bit off-putting. Yeah. It's like, because she's shown as quite resilient and quite capable. Is she? At not the at the start, time. really, though, is no. she? She's, she's <laughs> not really. She's kind of just like, oh, God, I can't believe I'm doing this. And then right, she picks up a gun and just starts killing everyone. Right, my question about that, though, is that did mm. she honestly, really, right, like you say, mm. so she's put in the cake, she's put into the middle of the room, she honestly, and then all of a sudden the music starts and she jumps straight <laughs> out. And it's, it's like, it's it's she honestly sleep it. all the way yeah. through or yeah. the gunfire, or the yeah. she slept yeah, all the way no, through that. But I think you'll find they they say earlier in the film when they when uh, they're talking to the guy guarding Rybeck in the freezer yeah. that on navy ships gunfire from a distance sounds more like party bombs. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so from a di- but what about close up? She's drunk. Was there gunfire close up in the room where she, she was, was in, in the, the room? Cake? Yeah, yeah, she was in. That was the room where um he um. Tommy Lee Jones is like, who's except the highest ranking officer in here? Except you never the see in. the cake in that room. Yeah. When they're in there. No, when you don't. But that is that, but she's that in is like that a backstage room, yeah. area. No, it's that she? room. No, it's, it's that, that room. room. Oh, I did not make that connection. Yeah. No, it is that room where basically all the all the sailors were partying. So she slept through the band, the Gary Busey drag act, but the, 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 the everyone cheering. They forget about her completely. They, they bring her in. She's the only... <laughs> yeah only other person that isn't in on it mm. that gets brought in with them and they completely forget about it. Once her. again though this is their lack of understanding about how you lock people into rooms. So they, they've locked Steven Seagal into a room they let him out yep. they've locked her into a paper <laughs> birthday cake think she's locked in there think oh that's fine she's no, not getting out of there. <laughs> they just forget she's actually yeah. there. I know, I know you'd already seen that, Steve, but Rich, at any mm. point did it cross your mind? Because it, it crossed mine a couple of times in the film. I thought maybe at the end she was going to be revealed to be a bad guy as well. Because like you say, she right, came yeah, in, yeah, yeah. everybody else in that helicopter was a terrorist mm. in uh, disguise. I thought, oh, that'd be an amazing twist if you get right to the end and she pulls a gun on them and it's like, oh, I've been in on it all along. Yeah. That would make a, a good yeah, twist yeah. and yeah. a good reason for her being there. Exactly. Yeah. But alas, not. No. The only good reason <laughs> for her being there is apparently... Boobs. Yeah. Boobs. And for Steven Seagal to show his moves later on. Yeah. And exactly. Uh, just grab her and <laughs> Yeah. Latch himself onto her. Like, like I like girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Watch this move. <laughs> Vague mouth <laughs> movements. Yeah. Uh, anybody got any other bits they want to bring up before we move on? Uh, I know you had some I can't work no. out. I just, uh, a couple me. of things I was going to say is that, mm. number one, he has very long fuses on his grenades. When he um, blows up the helicopter, yep. he puts the, he like pours uh, gasoline or some such thing over it, pulls out the pin of a grenade, puts it there. And just carries on wandering about doing his uh, doing his thing, just you know nonchalantly. He very about casually it. hops away from the explosion. And as then well, yeah, and then does uh, uh, John McClane and jumps off the edge of the ship, mm. while, you know, um, holding onto a chain. Oh, is that the bit where he blows up the um, helicopter? Chinook, yeah, yeah. I I didn't see the bit where he puts a grenade. I assumed he set the explosion up for them to detonate. Do you think he took another microwave upstairs? <laughs> 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 
Oh, that was fucking ridiculous as well. <laughs> I like that, though, when he made the world's most revolting looking cocktail and then microwaved it to warm it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was great. There was a I'll Brillo drink, pad in there. I I'll think, drink that later. Yeah, the weird thing, he was, he was actually coming back for that later, but he just <laughs> left it too long. Yeah. <laughs> was it unspecified nasy booze and still wool? Yeah. In a <laughs> glass, much. in a microwave. In a microwave yeah, yeah. creates a, a bomb. Apparently. I mean, that's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I cover a couple of things I was going to say. Num- uh, towards the end, did he actually pull a man's throat out? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't want to bring that up because I, I know Steve <laughs> wanted to talk about that later. Oh, okay, cool. There All was right. a bona fide throat rep. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. You can talk about that in yeah, a second. Yeah. I'll just very quickly then say that the, the only other thing I was going to say is that did the Chinook full of, um, you know, the backup, here comes the backup of, of Navy SEALs. Oh, the Navy SEAL Team 5. Yeah. yeah, on the Chinook. Yeah. They honestly think they were just going to land on the ship. Yeah. Uh, literally, anyone that got near it were thinking they could easily land yeah. because there'd be no problems yeah there's going to be no issues here we can just literally land on this ship and then, uh, and like then the take it back the aeroplane comes flying guys. over yeah Chinooks well, have two rotors don't yeah. they yes is that why the acoustics are so bad in there because the guy shouts out to all the entire SEAL team of which there's about 20 of them one minute and then every single one of them turns to each other and goes one minute one, one minute one minute <laughs> It's like he's he's stood like two foot away. I know it's loud in that, but you all need to repeat it back to him like excited like budgets. That's what they they all are. They're all half parrot. <laughs> it's the best way to train them. They yeah. learn through mimicry. It's like all the people that you can't be quiet when they're when they're actually attacked. You take the left. You take the left. You take the left. You take the left. <laughs> All the people in the exposition room are suddenly going, right, uh, who can we just fly in to get killed? Because they're obviously not going to think about us coming to get them. So they haven't planned for that. They've got no contingency, surely. Let's just send, <laughs> send everyone in. It'll be absolutely well, fine. To be fair, the whatever the missile launchers were they used, like the tow missile launchers were yeah. they? Yeah. Well, look, the, the person-fired ones were on the um, North Korean sub, which at that point they didn't know they had, That's true. did they? Um, that is true because oh. because Tommy Lee Jones' character had told the CIA guy no that definitely exploded and they took him at his word yeah um, oh he's completely completely trusted up until the moment that he took over because the they they <laughs> did list all the armaments on the boat yeah they true. did so they probably had enough reason to think but they knew they shot a plane out of the sky so why yeah. did they suddenly that's think that's true because <laughs> they did was that before <coughs> excuse me was that before Rybeck and his merry band of ne'er-do-wells disabled yeah. the yeah did they actually tell <laughs> everyone in the exposition room think that so, they had disabled they? the ar- armory though? Uh, I don't, no, I don't know think but so. then that might be the sort of thing you can tell remotely mm. in 1992 <laughs> <laughs> ok yeah maybe that might be asking a bit too yeah. much maybe yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. uh, that's uh, mm. as far as I got. But please, uh, so we're gonna come on to Man awards. Avenue's throat ripped out. Um, yeah, so, so um, awards. Yeah. yeah, if we're done with the main discussion, yeah, I think we are film, done with the main discussion. Um, we will break for one quick further advert, and we will be back with uh, our ratings, and maybe a fun award or two, Steve. <laughs> fun award. Maybe a fun award or two. We'll be right back. Oh. Hello. You've caught me here sitting by the fire and enjoying a glass of fine resin dice. Exquisite dice like these and many other handcrafted resin items can be purchased at Joby Resins on Etsy.com. Follow Joby Resins on Instagram for more information. What other items, you ask? I couldn't possibly tell you, for I have no internet here at my remote Arctic cabin. It's just me, the fire, and my hundreds 
of thousands of fine resin dice. Well, that was fun. Whatever we just tried to sell, you go out and buy in large quantities, please. <laughs> uh, right. We thought it'd be a jolly jape on this show if each of us came up with our own unique award for the film each each episode. Yes. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to start this off? Start this off. I start this off. Right. So my um, my award for Under Siege is going to be best kill. Excellent. So uh, we could be specific and go best kill on a boat if we want to, or just best kill in general. Now, the IMDb trivia section suggests that there are 100 verified kills on screen. In wow. This. So I assume you're going to be going through them one through 100. <laughs> well, I've got five. <laughs> You've listed. got five. Oh, wow. I've okay, got yeah. five. Right. Is this methods of death or, ac- or individual character deaths? So this is method of death okay. rather than individual. Because um, most of them are unnamed goons. So there's only one main character death I've got a list. Uh, two, actually. Um, so we'll go through and see which one we vote. Um, as ILM decide which is the best death in mm-hmm. Under Siege. Okie dokie. So, first one has already been alluded to. The throat rip. Yes. That's Savage. Actually fully rip. ripping his larynx out. Yeah, which yeah. I've I, I got to admit, I was not expecting that. Nope. It was a real <laughs> quick oh, like, it was, pluck yeah. as well, oh. wasn't it? It was... And yeah. holding it in his hand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and he looks at it like, oh, hello. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was because he's his voice box, so it's yeah. talking to him a little bit. Um, so yeah, I thought that was uh, that was a, a like you say, it's quite a surprising. Yeah, one. yeah, I was not. I would have loved that it if he pulled list. the voice box out, but done like the voice Bob does in Bob's Burgers, whenever he's talking <laughs> to like a turkey or like a piece of meat or something. <laughs> what do you think, Stephen? Was this a good way to die? Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> if you uh, if you really want to go that way, I do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <I'll> silly throat. <laughs> um. So next up, again, we've alluded to this one. The saw bench. Yes. Yeah. Um, that was... Uh, I'm going to go with that guy actually dies. You don't see it. He yeah. kind of cuts away. Yeah, I don't... sure that guy got killed. Given what it did to the girder, surely he should have just slipped right through and yeah. been cut in half. <laughs> like <laughs> a knife through a girder. And it would have fallen on the other side, been wrapped into a bit of uh, paper and handed, yeah, handed to, to an old, yeah. old lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, girder through the face. Oh yeah, that this was one dropped. Yeah, he dropped a, a dropped a girder on a guy. Yeah, a yeah. sharpened girder. A really, a really heavy girder. Yeah. Um, that was held up just by a, s- <laughs> a, a by a, a convenient rope knot. Yeah. Yeah. A slip a, knot. Yeah. As well. He like, literally, he literally just, just undid <laughs> it. I did right. Like, that yeah. As well. It's the a most very conveniently placed. Yeah. Easy to drop girder. You imagine someone tying that off, going. No problems here, then. <laughs> I mean, traditionally, the Navy not great with knots. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> well, no, absolutely. This needs to be quick release, just in case anyone needs to drop a girder on someone's <laughs> yeah, head. No. You know what we need? We know what we need. We need to have the girder just hanging up yeah. there. Why? Because we need to actually carry them through. Why would you want to hang it up there? No, no, no. Decorative? <laughs> just make sure you tie it off properly. <laughs> I only know how to do a slip knot. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, Gary Busey getting blown up in the submarine. Uh, it, 
I mean, it's it, a whole submarine full of semen, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is. See, this, yeah. this, this is one of my issues with the whole film, which I'll get to in a bit, I'm sure. Okay. And uh, probably the biggest death, because it's the main mm. main antagonist, knife in the head, head through the screen. <laughs> Ooh. I feel you've missed a... Uh, can, I, can I throw oh, out an, please. Ooh, yeah, yeah, a, an honorary late... Uh, of course. Nominee. Yep. You forgot front roll into judo chop to the neck. <laughs> <laughs> front rolls, pins a guy to the floor, judo chops into the neck, thus instantly killing the guy. <laughs> okay. In that, the greatest so stealth kill sweep. Okay. Oh, sorry. Sw- he swept his legs out from underneath that's him, it. forward ju- rolled onto him, and, and judo, judo chopped, chopped the side it. of his neck. Yes, correct. Um, Classic yeah. Steven Seagal. Classic Seagal. <laughs> It's the Classic knife. Navy SEAL tactic. But yeah, it's the knife into the uh, the straight into the straight into, the, straight into yeah. the model head of yep. Tommy Lee Jones, <laughs> and then rams him into a radar screen. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah, I think he was already dead before that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At what point do you reckon he might have uh, stop, he might have ceased stop. to be? He's already dead. <laughs> no, 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 no. That radar screen was the brains behind it all along. That was him killing the final villain. Oh, how did how did the guy with the glasses die? The really nerdy guy yeah. that was. Yeah, again, this do you is not part. See of, him? You do, but this is part of my reasoning, oh, my issue with the whole film. Or was he just on the sup? No. He just gets shot. Well, uh, he's that. standing on a balcony. He comes out of a door, and they just oh, shoot him from a distance, oh. and along the with black the big black guy. guy who's like really menacing. Yeah, and they just shoot, shoot him. him. From the, and yeah. From, yeah. So uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's mm. it. They just walk out the door and get yeah, shot. Yeah, get shot. Yeah. By just by, but not even by Steven Seagal, by just other oh, members um, of the crew, plot, plot crew, plot crew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, votes, please. Uh, what What's your favourite death? I'm torn between stealth judo chop and throat rip. I'm, I I would have to go for throat. Rip I think myself. throat rip is the most violent. Yeah, yeah. I think knife, savage throat rip. Knife in the head is quite. It was the most unexpected for me. I wasn't at no point was I thinking <laughs> towards ripped. the end of it that uh, there's all these very kind of if you will, quite mundane deaths. Really. I actually paused and re-rounded at that point because yeah, I like had to double-check that he actually ripped a yeah. guy's larynx but to, out. To which, <laughs> yeah, to, to which my my the, the only note I made about it was, did he pull a man's throat out? Yep. I'm still questioning whether that <laughs> he happened. Did, he did do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool. So, okay, so uh, unanimous. Um, throat rip. Did you have yeah, a, no, no, no. I, I yeah. agree, throat rip. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Nice. Brilliant. Um, okay. Well done. It was, yeah. Me done, uh, Andy. Uh, okay, mine will be a lot quicker. I would just like to um, throw out the award for the most loose meat on a serving military battleship. Uh, your nominees are the USS Missouri and no other battleship. <laughs> Congratulations, USS Missouri. The USS Missouri could not be here tonight to accept this award. So, speaking on their behalf, is Left Admiral Richard Marsh. I thank you for this award. <laughs> I uh, I am left admiral with me is right admiral. My <laughs> <laughs> right admiral Steve Pye. Uh, would you like some meat, sir? Oh. I've brought a whole a whole lump of gammon up is for you. Is it loose meat? Of course, it's sliced quite happily. Oh, I'd like a bit of that. Have you put it through a girder saw? <laughs> it looks like they have like a hunk of bison <laughs> yeah. that they're just, they're just carving, carving slices off. off. Yeah, in the middle of like the war room or whatever it is on the sub like the main commanding area mm. they've just got a lump of meat sat on the radar desk going oh, do you want a bit of meat yeah well, here you go well, everyone, they, likes um, a, everyone likes a buffet 
and a like chiller bucket for uh, wine, wine yeah. on top of whatever that round pedestal thing was. Yeah, yeah. That the they round had pedestal thing. Yeah. yeah. What you do you think also might have been radar? <laughs> maybe you're right. What there's a lot of radar in that yeah. show. What we don't realise about this is if you turn around, there's a huge, a huge buffet because it's actually Boxing Day, <laughs> uh, and it's everything left over from Christmas Day. <laughs> Tommy, Lee, Tommy Lee Jones turns around at one point and goes, "Someone bring me some food," and they do. They bring him a whole, whole bit of meat. <laughs> Well, that's the. I mean, there's got to be some meat around here. There's got to be some benefits to being like head terrorists. <laughs> Plus, we know they flew that food in from Honolulu. Of course. Uh, which is weird because mm. the captain only ever eats uh, the food that Rybeck cooks. Yeah. Him. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Um, so Rybeck says. Yeah. Do you reckon that's why they want to bomb Honolulu? Because the meat wasn't actually that good. <laughs> They're a bit disappointed with it. <laughs> oh, you mean when they threatened to make Honolulu glow in the dark? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they thought the meat was undercooked. They just wanted to uh, heat it up a bit more. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. Good. Well, good award. Well done. Well done to you. Rich? So, I would like to uh, put forward the award for most pointless inclusion of a character. Now, there could probably be a lot <laughs> of uh, characters <laughs> included in this, but I specifically want to talk about the old random guy, Powder Monkey. Yep. Right. Right. So I would like to say that he is the most pointless character because he's brought in. He's he's in, he's in the 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 plot room. Yep. Right. He's brought out, just wandering around after <laughs> them as everyone else is firing and shooting, and they've been handed guns. He's just happily plodding along behind yeah. them, like, okay, I'll I'll be useful at some point, I'm sure. Uh, and so eventually they realise that they can't use any other missiles apart from Starburst. Um, because the Opal Food Cannon is now <laughs> out of action. So, uh, so Steven Seagal says, Powder Monkey, can you make this gun fire? And he says, of course I can. This is what I was brought into this film for. So they go on into the, the, the gun, of which you never once see him instruct them how to fire the gun. It is all done by Steven Seagal telling everyone what they should be doing. He's the one getting the like the sight ready, yeah. the distance. He's telling them how much powder to be. He's telling them how careful they should be pushing the powder in. The, the, and the giant marshmallows. Yes, yeah. and the uh, that's the gunpowder going in behind the ammunition. He tells them when they should put it all in. The guy, the old guy, says nothing <laughs> throughout this whole thing. He's just actually standing a bit. Further. He's not even helping. He's just standing a bit further behind Steven Seagal, who is instructing them. And then he just stands there and goes, was I, was I supposed to do something? <laughs> he has a glorious moustache, though. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah. I think it, I, I, <laughs> whenever you wanted him to say, why are you here? And he was to just say, well, my fishing boat just got tied up against the side of the Missouri and I thought I'd just come aboard. I'm going to go back there now, powder monkey. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking. So yeah. So my award is for most pointless inclusion of a character because the one reason he's there, he doesn't actually do in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. Steven Seagal does it all. So actually, from Steven Seagal saying, "Can you make this work?" There's no point in saying that because <laughs> Steven Seagal is the one that makes it work. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you're right. There yeah. you go. There you go. Absolutely. So that's my award. It's <laughs> for most pointless inclusion of a character. Well done. Goes to said old man who with we can't find his mustache. name. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, as with every episode of I Love Movies, I Like Movies. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> it's been, it's going to be, you know, for the first three months of a year when you always write the date wrong. 
<laughs> it's going to be like that for the first nine, ten yeah. episodes. You I came suspect. up with the title. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, real bad. It's yep. not great. No, that I can't remember it. Um, as with every episode of I Like Movies, we follow the awards section by giving our ratings out of ten. We do. Steve, how would you rate Under Siege out of ten? You know what? I had a, an enjoyable time with this film, mm. um, but I don't want to peak too early with ratings. Because I, I know how tricky ratings can be. Are we going to use... Are we we going this about this the same way we do on Go Team Venture, yeah? Where five is the medium point. Yeah. Five I is a good so. movie. Yeah. So we're at it's the like ten. The, yeah. yeah. It's not the IGN scale where everything's going to be between seven and ten. No, like no, seven's no. real bad and ten's kind of good. It's five is the medium point. Anything below five, it's worse than average. Yeah. Anything above five. And you know what? For the first film, I'm going to go a solid five. I'm going to go Under Siege is a five. Five popcorns out of ten for me. Five popcorns out of ten popcorns. Yeah. So Sorry, it's Ed. it's very average. Uh, that's the most average. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Rich. Math checks out. I Rich, changed what do you my score slightly. I feel like I've over-egged <laughs> my <laughs> score. Yeah. Yeah. See, we, we've learnt from no, uh, that's fine. No, that's Go Team Venture with our, with our scoring. You have to leave space for the highs and the lows. You do. Yeah. I didn't want to be too harsh to it, but now that you've set that as the, the benchmark, that yeah. five rates as you're it, happy to watch it again, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to reduce my score. That's fair. Um, so, uh, so for me, uh, it was... Too, it was just too straightforward. Everything, there was no, like Gary Busey dying in the submarine. Uh, all the way through the film, I'm thinking he's going to have some kind of like horrific death and there's going to be some big fight and there's going to be some way that, it's about, oh no, he just blows him out. They're just like, oh, yeah. he's just, he's one of many people on the submarine that just blows up. Um, the guys, the guy with the glasses and the big black guy, yeah. they just get shot in the distance. Yeah. And it's just, there's just so many, th- and it's just almost like Steven Seagal, Rybeck is constantly just like, I'm going to go and do this. Done it now, I'm going to go and do the next thing. Done it. It was just too straightforward. I'm, now, I, as I said, I'm a lover of those 80s, 90s Die Hard films. Die Hard, one of my favourite films of all time. So going into this, and I think this is probably how I, I differ from you, mm. As you said, you came into this film with low expectations. Relatively. And so you were surprised and so you enjoyed it. Yeah. I feel like that maybe I would have liked it better if I had gone into it with such similar kind of low expectations. I had high expectations thinking it was going to be... Because it is this classic action film. Uh, you know, it's supposed yeah. to be like a real staple of the action genre. That's for me why I probably... I went in with such high expectations of it that I think that's why I was... I think kind of disappointing. You're right. It is all very convenient. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what differs between this and Die Hard. Die Hard. He, he is outgunned. He is outmanned. He's, he got no shoes for the entire film. Yeah. He's he, not, he's not he intended gets beat to be the fuck up. In he's that not film. intended to be there. He's not. He doesn't want to be there. He's like you know. Whereas Steven Seagal, he doesn't. You, you feel take like he's any damage in that entire no. film. Uh, no, oh, he gets a oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right at the end. But then, yeah. yeah, but then that's forgot about very quickly. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's. Um, it, it feels like he's he's supposed to be look like he's supposed to enjoy being there, but he doesn't look like he, he has emotions <laughs> whatsoever. So anyway, so uh, as my rating, I was going to give it a four out of ten, mm-hmm. but then if five is actually kind of a decent level, I'm going to go for a three. That's fair. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I enjoyed it slightly more than you guys, so I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Oh, I would high. rewatch it again, but not any time soon. Yeah. 
Um, like you say, I think maybe going into it with lower expectations. Yes, I think if you um, probably helps. I think if you listen, if you have never seen Under Siege and you listen to my review of it, and now mm. you watch it, you'll probably quite enjoy it. <laughs> it's 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 a film of its type. I think that is the easiest way of putting it. it, it if you want to go in and watch a bombastic action film um, with very little plot, um, lots of very convenient conveniences and <laughs> um, things like that, then perfect film yeah. just it, proper popcorn movie stick it on and it turn your very, brain off it was very much of that like I've said earlier on it was very much of that the kind of thing that Die Hard had made almost his own little genre mm. of film it tried to do it, it it did a Die Hard but didn't do it that well for me it's more of a speed 2 isn't it yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow what an insult <laughs> well, it's not a speed. It's, it's, hard, be it's, it's hard to take that as anything but an I think insult, it was isn't called it? The bus that couldn't <laughs> slow down. <laughs> right. Okay. One last order of business before we wrap this first episode up. We need to pick out of the hat the film for the next episode. Woohoo. Uh I believe Steve picked this one. I think no, I, I, uh, I, I picked this one. You okay, pick Rich picked this one, so in that case, Steve can pick the next one out of the hat. So, episode two of I Like Movies will be... Oh, tension. Basil the Great Mouse Detective. Oh, marvellous. 1986. One of mine. I, I can't think of anything... Well, <laughs> a, a, a bigger polar opposite, a bigger swing at the pendulum from Bit under of diversity. That's there. a tangent, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we are going to take one final uh, little, break, little break. We may have an advertisement for this. We are going to go away and watch the trailer for Basil the Great Mouse Detective, and we're going to come back and have a real quick chat about the trailer mm-hmm. uh, ahead of episode two. Yes. Uh, so we'll be right back after this. Are you a fan of James Bond and wish you could listen to a couple of blokes talk about the world's greatest secret agent? Well now you can when you join Rich and Ash for Review to a Kill, where we discuss the films, history and current news from the world of 007. So if you love all things Bond, then search for Review to a Kill from wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So we've just watched the trailer for The Great Mouse Detective, which we'll be covering for episode two. Uh, We want to give some quick thoughts on the trailers. Uh, Actually, I'll tell you what would be a good starting point. Who here has actually seen this film before? I have. So you've both seen it. I may have seen this as a child, but I remember nothing about it, so I'll be going into this with virgin eyes. So I chose this one as as my favourite Disney film. Oh, okay. Um, That... um, uh, maybe it's just because it, it was such a, a, a major film that I remember watching so much when I was a kid. But I have, so I haven't seen it for a long time actually. Mm. But I, um, but yeah, I just always, I just always loved it. It's just such a great film for me. So I don't remember seeing this when I was younger. I vaguely remember seeing it years and years and years ago, mm. but I don't think I watched all of it. Right. And I've only come on to it recently because Harrison's that age now where he's getting into Disney films. Mm. So this came up and we've watched it a couple of times together. 
He finds it a little bit creepy because the bat's a bit creepy. It is, it is quite dark. It is a quite <laughs> a dark, <laughs> like a dark one. Film, yeah. yeah. Uh, am I am I picking up on a, a sort of a, a pre-Rescue Rangers sort of vibe to this uh, film, or is that just because they're similar? Rangers, mm, I believe. Yeah, I can't remember. It was because this was '89, did we say? '86. '86. '86. Yeah. It's a similar sort of time because yeah. I think Rescue Rangers, not Rescue Rangers. Sorry, the Rescuers. Rescuers. Oh, I'm thinking particularly Rescue Rangers because oh, okay. of my history. Fair enough. It's very much like the rescuers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Which more like, is more like before that. this, I believe. Just before, I suppose. Yeah. So I guess what I really want to know is: is there a banging female chipmunk in this, like in Rescue Rangers? No. No. Oh man, She's I'm not going to enjoy this at all. She's I'm a ca- mouse anyway. I'm. Oh, is she? Well, mouse, chipmunk, same yeah. difference. <laughs> um, it's all the same to Richard Gear. Um, in which case, I think I'm ready to give my rating on it already, and it's not going to be a great one if there's no, bang, no banging <laughs> female mouse on it. No, the trailer looked good. It was very... I mean, it was an 80s trailer, wasn't it? I it enjoy was watching old trailers because they're yeah. actually so different from... Uh, well, it was, it was, it was so sort of time. braggy about its animation quality yeah, yeah, and stuff, yeah. which isn't something you really get it in trailers, yeah. do you? We watched two, didn't we? We watched the one which was the re-release version. Yes. And we watched the one that was the original theatrical. Hmm. The re-release one, they weren't shy about hiding any plot points and stuff. Um, I suppose they had been out six years at that point. I guess so, yeah. Um, But the original, yeah, you're right, it's very different. It's like, oh, this is the most notable characters. Yeah, yeah, indeed. uh, Lovable lovable rogues. Ever made. I kind of wish they did more modern trailers like that, though. You imagine if they did, like, the, the next Fast and Furious film. (laughs) <laughs> Come to see the best CG cars ever made <laughs> with our lovable cast and the new villain you'll love to hate. <laughs> <laughs> That's a term they don't use as much these days, is it? Love to hate gonna him. love to hate him. I love to hate some villains. <laughs> I like villains that are a lovably bad. It's, it's rare you get a lovable villain these days, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think you have to. You don't have to hate them, though, surely. Can you not just love them? But you have to, you have to hate them. I love to hate this character. Yeah, you can love you just, them if you just, want. just love them. Yeah. Just think they're a great character. Yeah. <laughs> you love them. Yeah. All right. I will. <laughs> Vincent Price playing uh, Vincent Price, which apparently was he. He said uh, of all the different characters he played over the years, he he said that that was one. Of, he he felt that was one of the best characters he'd ever played. Well, there you go. Mm. So yeah, um, so that would be our next film. The the Great Mouse Detective, which I've always known as a child as Basil, the great, as Basil the great Mouse Detective, but seemingly well. at some point it was either it was an American, just as in America it was just the Great Mouse Detective, and in Britain maybe it was Basil the Great Mouse Detective. I don't really know what happened there, but I remember having it on VHS, and I'm sure it was I Basil the Great Mouse. The only time I ever watched it when I was younger was on VHS, and it, I believe it was Basil yeah, the Great Mouse. Yeah, that's what I've always known it as. So there we go. There cool. Yeah. Anything else anybody wants to talk about the trailer? Before we move on to the end, no, I don't. No, I don't think so. Cool. Anything else anybody wants to bring up before we move on to the end of this first episode? Uh, just thank you for listening to our first episode. Yeah. Thanks for. Uh, Do you think we should us? have thrown up a spoiler warning at the beginning to warn people we're going to spoil Under Siege, or do you think that is not required because you of the what? premise of the show? I thought that about halfway through and thought mm, it's a little bit late to mention it's it now. It's the wrong time to mention it now. But I think going forward on ILM, we will be we will put a spoiler warning at the start of every episode for every film. Yes, and also make sure to check the show notes because I will also put a spoiler warning for anything else we might discuss. Yes. Um, and spoil. Yes. Yes. We're we're trying to be a good to, way of handling mm. it. 
Yeah, and we'll try try and avoid spoilers for big films that are out in cinemas. And yeah, stuff like, like a current big film. Yeah, Unless we really, really want to talk about it, in which case maybe we'll segment that off right at the yeah, end yeah. so so people can, people can end stop. the episode yeah, early. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Hmm. Hope this first episode wasn't too shaky. I think we had a fairly good grasp on what we think the running order is going for. Yeah, I think I I, I hope we uh, hope we did uh, it all justice as we were hoping to uh, to get all of everything out as we uh, as we planned. But yeah, yeah but say like like Steve said, thank you very much for listening. Uh, mm. It's very uh, very very glad to have you aboard uh, this brand new venture of ours. Yes, if you've got um, any questions, queries, mm. suggestions. Uh, we've got all our blurb co- coming up. You can mm. uh, contact us in various different ways. Come, we want your comments. We mm. do want your comments. Um, just as a heads up, are we going to say we we pre-record? We're releasing quite a few in one shot. Well, I was going to say that that's a quite a fun thing because yeah. uh, the audience can now literally just let this roll on to episode two, the Great Mouse Detective. Mm. Whereas yes. we all will secretly have aged a week yes. <laughs> by the time you hear us. Yes. Um, yeah, we decided to to take the. Uh, not risk, but the uh, the initiative to release all in one go with a bulk of episodes. Um, so you should be able to listen to episodes zero through three now in your podcast player of choice. Yep. Yes. So yeah, if you're confused as to why we're not responding to your email in episode two about Basil the Great Mouse, <laughs> yeah, it's because it's already there. It's ready to listen to. For, for the audience, remember, for yeah, us yeah. it's still a week down We've the line. We've not listened to it yet. Huh? Yeah, <gasps> I've not seen the film, <laughs> let alone recorded a podcast. That's weird. But uh, yeah, why not go ahead and just click next on your podcast player and listen to The Great Mouse Detective, and we'll see you there in a week. And leave us a review. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Nice one. Awesome. Uh, I, You're it's the host. you, Andy. Yeah, I know. We don't have a prepared <laughs> outro oh, okay. um, for the new show. Um, just... Andy, just say thanks and goodbye. That's a kind of... Is that... I think that's a I way out. It feels too informal. It <laughs> <laughs> feels like maybe I should try and form some sort of deeper bond with the audience. Yeah, just, get, right, the just get their phone number and say you'll call them back. You really want me to end this so that you can eat those jelly beans, don't you? No. <laughs> Andy, 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 you've yeah. done this before. You've I done just need to bring this in. I just need to bring this podcast into land. <laughs> can someone talk me down? I've never flown this podcast before. It's like it's like driving a big boat. Mm. <laughs> treat which, it which dial on the podcast do I look at to tell me how high I am? Treat it like <laughs> a big Chinook trying to land on a on a, a ship full of terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> look out! They've got weapons <laughs> and a submarine. This has been most enjoyable. I will tell you, boys. Now there was a slight concern about moving on to something new. I won't lie; it changes. No one likes change. Some people like change. Yeah. I don't mind change. See, I've just changed my opinion there in less than five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> like that. Um, but this has been most enjoyable. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening. We will see you uh, in about two seconds' time with the Great Mouse Detective. But until then, it's goodbye from me. Steve? Uh, yeah, it's goodbye from me. I like movies. Rich? Uh, thanks very much for listening. It's uh, Tara from me. And I like movies. You know what? I think I'm going to like this podcast because I too. I like movies. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs> You've been listening to I Like Movies with Andy McLean, Steve Pye, and Rich Marsh. 
Find us on Facebook and Instagram and email us at ilmpodcast at outlook.com. 